We're back with another awesome episode of music. Another Deemer Box episode presents the one and only Chris Knight. I listen to a lot of Chris Knight on my Deemer Boxes, my DB2 and my DB1. You got to check these out. Pelican case, 100% sealed and waterproof. You put the plug in, you can float it. You can put ice and beers in there. You can put ice and sodas in there. You can keep it dry and have your whatever you want to pack in there. Your hunting licenses, fishing licenses, wallet, your your personal items. Take it fly fishing. Play your music. Have it around the pool. You can pair them together up to six to eight units. Surround sound. Thank you, Deemer Box, for all the support of all of our brands. This is another Deemer Box Presents brought to you by the one and only Jack Daniels Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. I've had some Jack Daniels over ice on the rocks, I call that. Sometimes neat, sometimes mixed with a real Coca-Cola Classic or a Coke Zero. Listening to this man's music, Chris Knight. Talk about life, talk about songwriting, talk about touring and the audience. And everything that's come from a life of dedicated songwriting, genius songwriting. That's what I love about Chris Knight. And I don't care if you listen to Down the River, if it ain't easy being me. House and 90 Acres, Love in a 45, Enough Rope Framed, Nothing on Me, The Highway Junkie, Becky's Bible, The Hammer Going Down, A Pretty Good Guy, The Jealous Kind, Send a Boat, Are You Kidding Me? I Could Keep Going, Little Victories, The Damn Truth, I'm William Callahan. I can't tell you how awesome this guy is. What about Send It On Down? The duet he did with Leanne Womack as she sings harmonies on his latest album, Almost Daylight. This is Chris Knight. This Life Ain't For Everybody. Brought to you by Deemer Box and the one and only Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey, Jack Daniels. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. I'm proud to have my good friend Chris Knight back on the show. I hope you all enjoy it. Chris, I got to ask you, are you working on any new music at all? Mm, We're talking about recording some older stuff. Trying to put together uh, a record. Like for, old, uh, older songs that you've written? Yeah. You know, just there's different ways to approach it. You know, it's songs that, you know, I mean, I've got a bunch of songs I might look at again and rewrite a little bit. And uh, it's just stuff. It It's not it's just in the talking stages right now and we've talked to Ray Kennedy and he likes the idea so and Ray's real busy so there's no telling when it might happen so would that be would that be like a full length album yeah it'd be 10 12 songs probably oh man I can't I can't wait for that but no telling when it could happen huh yeah, I mean, there's no set date for studio time or anything. You know, most time, I mean, we'll be in the studio in the winter. I've, I've done a lot of recording in, like, January and, and in the early spring. So. Are, are you uh, finding any time to write at all lately? Well, I got the time, but I, I just ain't been doing much writing I just I ain't 
it ain't there no more as much as it was. The inspiration? Yeah. Yeah, I just do give shit, really, you know. I mean, I could write some shitty songs to put out a brand new, brand new record, uh, brand new music, but kind of like, uh, I don't know what's the point in that. So you're kind of of the mindset that you can't get to the level that you once were, so not do it at all to try to, you just don't want to cut, you know, cut corners or go through the motions of putting out a, a song that's not up to your standards or that was as good as any, any of the stuff that made you who you are. Well, right now, I mean, you know, we, we, things might change. It's just, uh, getting, getting back into that routine of writing because I was writing all the time before. And right now, you know, I mean, I, I've been doing a lot of shows and, and I've never written on the road. So, uh, and you know, I'm, things are, things are different. It's just, uh, things change. You know, I'm not, uh, I, I I don't want to sit around writing songs when I could maybe be doing something else, you know, that I might want to be doing. I, if that makes sense, because, you know, I'm 62 and I've written a lot of songs and I guess I don't know. Maybe I'm just resting right now. Do you... Do you think that like that, what that line you just said, that things change, you've written songs that have that theme in them, but that's a huge part of life is understanding how things change and that everything changes. But, um, are you saying that things right now at this point in your life are more important? Like maybe your dogs, maybe getting in the outdoors, your family, the touring, seeing your fans in the audience right now, that's holding a, a candle more so than the songwriting actually is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And also, you know, I mean, I've, I've, there's a lot of songwriters that I've, uh, you know, listened to over the years and, you know, they're not real prominent now, but I remember when they got to that point and they were on TV singing, uh, song that I thought, man, you probably should have kept that to you, kept that song to yourself. You know <laughs> what I mean? They're singing, you know, they got Sha Na Na in the lyrics and shit like that. You know, everybody sing, you know, and it is like, man, I sure did like your old stuff. But I don't know. I mean, that's not that much a part of what I'm talking about. It's just, it's like, you know, I mean, I was fired up for a whole bunch of years, you know, and, and I wrote a, I wrote a lot. I mean, I wrote, I've got, you know, if you want to talk about decent songs and mediocre songs, I got five more albums of them you know, that I, that may come out one of these days. And I just got to get excited about it. 
But who is, are you saying that in your career that it was your final call of what songs went on every Chris Knight album and every one of those songs had to meet your standards? Because you just said you have five more albums of mediocre songs. You're saying mediocre songs um, compared to what you consider a good song? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got some songs that I put on my album that I feel like maybe I let slide. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's not every song that I don't play in a show. I don't play, I mean, I play 20 songs in a show and, you know, and there'll be, I'll slide some different songs in there fairly often, but I, the set, changes and they're still good songs and I want to play them again and I will play them again but there's other songs that's never been that I've never played on stage you know that I recorded now I don't know how many but I do know that there's a few and that's kind of what I'm talking about as far as letting slide it ain't necessarily that they're bad songs it's just not something I want to want to play you know or stand behind or whatever yeah and makes... yeah as far as the songs that i've recorded it's i have agreed but and i've talked to producers about okay well i'm thinking about recording this and they'll either you know they've never said no no you shouldn't record that you should record this and you know, but yeah, I've always, I mean, said no, hell no, I'm not, I ain't recording that. This is my, this is my record. You know, got my name on the front of it. Um, I've heard a lot of artists <clears throat> tell me that they wish they would have written a lot of the songs that you've written like they they you know a lot of artists look up to you they hold you in high standards we've discussed this before on the other side of that chris knight what song do you wish you would have written do you ever think like that like i know you're you're in your own way i mean not in your own way in that sense but like you do things your way in songwriting and that's become beloved in in what in, in what your fan base is i'm an absolute huge fan you know that but are there songs out there that you've listened to or continue to listen to live or on albums that you're like man that's one i wish i'd have written yeah i'm you know about every time i'm listening to music you know I've heard songs. There's a ton of songs out there I wish I'd have written. You know, uh, and, you know, they're not necessarily real popular songs. They're just, you know, they're kind of under the radar a little bit. You know, they never made top 40 radio rock or anything. But... Can you give me an example? Well, I'll give you an example of the artist, you know, Jackson Brown and John Prine and, you know, Dan Fogelberg, Steve Earle, uh, Gordon Lightfoot, uh, you know, 
if I'm riding around and Rolling Stones and uh, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. You know, I wish I'd have written. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that song from way back there uh, in the late '60s, I think. Uh, I think his name was Gene Michael, and I don't think he ever had another hit. But I mean, you know, I can go all the way back to, you know, the '60s with that. Who would you pay? to see in concert besides John Prine or any of the ones you just listed? Are there any, would you pay to see Waylon Jennings back in the day in concert? Would you pay to see Merle? Would you pay to see Don Williams? Who would you pay to see in concert being a fan? Uh, well, I've seen John Prine, you know, live probably. He's the only one, you know. I've seen him live. Well, I've seen Steve Earle, uh, too, but uh, I'd have liked to have seen, you know, like Dan Fogelberg and Jackson Brown back in the 70s. And uh, you know, there's a lot of those people that I just wasn't necessarily a concert goer. You know, I'd like to have seen the Eagles in the 70s. Uh, there's a lot of lot of them. You know, Steely Dan, uh, you know. And, I mean, there's a lot of, of the, uh, the pop acts and stuff from the 70s that I would have like to sing. I can't think of any off the top of my head. It's just, I just feel like I grew up in a good decade. You know, I was 10 years old in 1970. There's a lot of good music, whether it was pop or R&B or rock and roll or, or you know, the uh, what they call progressive country, which was, you know, pretty much what the Eagles were doing. Yeah. And John Prine and Jonathan Edwards, Gordon Lightfoot. If we didn't lose John, um, I'd seen him several times in the last, you know, the years before COVID. He still loved it. He still loved his audience. Do you find the same love for being live, Chris Knight live show? I know you're getting ready to head to Texas. You've been busy on the road. Do you still love entertaining a live audience yeah but there's times i love it more than other times it's like you know there's some we played in a just a little shotgun we played this acoustic you know and a little shotgun bar and uh uh we uh just had a great time because the audience is so happy. You know, they might be loud, but they're just happy. They're, and sometimes an audience is just sitting there listening and getting pissed off at people that are having a good time. It makes me a little uneasy, you know, because I don't know whether, 
pissed off at me or pissed off at, you know, something else or, or that's just the way they are, you know. They, they maybe not seem real enthusiastic, but turns out, you know, they, they were, you know, happy with the show. But I'm paranoid at times on stage. So, you know, uh, and I like a loud crowd and a happy crowd, but I also like, uh, you know, a, a crowd that's sitting and listening. I don't know, you know, uh, in more of a listening situation. Well, that's, this is a good, this is a good topic for me because I get paranoid too, as a fan where I understand a bar scene where you're going to have a little bit more rowdiness or background noise. Um, but you take that into a theater style setting or a listening room setting. I have a problem when people bring the bar setting into that. Is there a different type of audience to where you, you should respect the concert goer, the ticket buyer that if they're there to hear Chris Knight sing, there's another place for conversation or rowdiness in different types of settings. In my opinion, is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Because, uh, they're, if they're up there, right in my right, right on the stage singing the songs and everybody else is you know out there trying to listen that I don't know I don't say anything anymore but I figure if I paid whatever I paid to get into a show I might tell the guy hey man we didn't come here to hear you sing Exactly. You know, everybody, you know, everybody, you know, loves this guy on stage and we're trying to listen to a good show. But a lot of times I just start talking to them and then they'll basically shut up, you know. What is, what is the, the crowd's been like? Lately, I know you just said you were in that bar situation. Are they, are they singing along? Are they loving all the songs? Are you getting a good turnout? I'm getting a pretty good turnout. Sometimes it's real good, and sometimes you know, even if it's I'm playing a small place and it's 80 people acoustically, you know, that's just still a good, a good, uh, good deal, you know. Yeah for acoustically and uh, at works, you know, not necessarily full band, but I mean, I've done some full band shows just to fill a date when we're on the road and they've just been great. There might only be 50 people in the crowd, you know, but we had a real good time. And broke even anyway. But, you know, there's just, there is a, I think this is the word of palpable energy, you know, in the room, you know, whenever I like the crowd and the crowd likes me, you know, and they're having a good time and they're just really happy. And then there's other loud crowds that I'm like, you know, Boy, yeah, a lot of times it, it depends on the sound you got, too, 
you know, if you if your sound on stage is not real good, you're like, okay, I know it probably sounds better uh, out front, but man, I feel like a a dumbass or a wimp or something up here, you know. I just don't feel like I'm rocking. That we're rocking. There's there's a lot of shit on stage here that's bugging me. You know. So how do you manage that situation? Do you? I just go on and do it. You know, and just remember that it probably sounds a lot better out front, and everybody seems to be happy. Everybody seems to be okay with it. Do you rehearse? A lot no. before you get, have you rehearsed a lot at all since COVID or do you just go out and do your thing? I ain't rehearsed at all. <laughs> Ray Wiley Hubbard said, said, uh, rehearsal is highly overrated. And I'm, I guess I'm a disciple of that. I just, we, we do. Like I put a me and my guitar player put a whole new band together about five or six years ago, or more, and uh, we rehearsed. We had to get a bass player and a drummer. We rehearsed them guys. We we rehearsed two or three guys for them. Just trying to get somebody to, you know, see, feel them out, make sure they were going to show up. They were going to be there, and if we liked them. Do you, uh, as far as a set list goes, are you, do you change up quite a bit right now, Chris, or are you sticking with the same thing, or will you wing a song uh, on a certain night if you're feeling it and it's not even on the set list, or how do you go about that? Yeah, I will wing a song. Sometimes I'll be like, if you don't know where I'm going, I'll tell the band, if you don't know where I'm going, don't play. But if you can figure it out, go ahead and play. And they just and we re, as far as rehearsing, I mean, we rehearse. We'll rehearse some in sound check, and after maybe a couple of sound checks, we'll go on to do the show and be flying by the seat of our pants. Basically, I mean, I might not even be sure I know the lyrics, and I've done that a lot on stage. You know, playing a show, playing a song. You know, and uh, maybe it's a song somebody hollers out. Now, I don't do that a lot as far as somebody hollering out a song that I haven't played in a long time. But, you know, I'll take a chance and, you know, scat sing through the parts I don't know, you know. Yeah. So, ain't nobody, yeah, nobody cares. No. What songs are you are you enjoying right now playing live? Uh, well, I've always I've always enjoyed playing uh, like uh, Becky's Bible and Real Route and uh, um, we're playing Low Down Blues again, and I I I like we're we recently started playing up from the hill and we checked.
You there, Chris? Chris, you there? Chris, I lost that. I lost that last part. I think something happened. You, you, you start, start. I'll edit that out. But start where you said uh, you started playing up on the hill. Yeah, we started playing up on the hill uh, recently, and uh, and uh, it's working out real good. It's a lot of fun. We changed it up some to get our player. It's almost a little darker sounding, and the guitar player is uh, he's playing a real he's he's doing a real good job on it, you know. And I don't know, it's just the feel. We're not necessarily we're not changing the parts. It's just the groove, basically. And that and uh, Jack Blue is a lot of fun to play. I've always liked playing that song. and I played probably never not played, maybe one or two times, not played down the river. And, you know, North Dakota's a good one, and in general always feels good. And, you know. So <clears throat> when you say that when you're, you're rocking – Framed is a rocking song. Do you play Framed every night? Yeah. Yeah, there's been maybe a couple times that I haven't played Framed. And I wonder, is this boring or what? But I've almost every night ended the show with Framed. Do you, have you been walking off for a, to come back on or do you just leave the crowd and you're not doing that shit of walking off and having them clap loud for an encore. No, we uh, we walk off. We walk off, and if they ain't clapping, I don't come back. You know. I love it. But a lot of a lot of places don't. They don't. Some people don't know how to get an encore. <laughs> if you enjoyed the show, you know, raise a little hell, and we'll come back. We're always like. Somebody needs to go shake the curtain or something, you know, get them to do something. Do, do you, do you, so you end your regular set with framed and you'll come back for an encore or you wait until to see if there's no, an encore to do framed? You, I usually end the regular set with framed. And where is that? So we'll it come back and do one, two or three songs. Where is it ain't easy being me in the song set in the set list? It's in the it starts the second half of the set or the last thirty minutes anyway. 30. Would you would you say that's your most popular song of all time, crowd wise? I'd say it's probably a tie between that and down the river. And down the river? Yeah. God, I love both of those songs. I want to ask you this, transitioning away from music, but it's still part of your of music and inspiration. But when you do, you think about aging. Do you think about dying? Do you think about getting into that latter part of life a lot 
a little, some, not at all? Does it phase you at all? Do you keep living the same life? Uh, t- tell me how your mind works with such an accomplished songwriting career. Um, how, how do you, how does it, uh, your psyche work right now, Chris, with you starting to be in your sixties, does it worry you or, or, or does life just go on? It worries me a little bit. I mean, I think about, you know, uh, you know, I, I want to be able to get up and get around, still see, and, you know, hopefully be following the bird dog when I'm in my 80s. You know, that's may not be realistic, but, you know, it's something that I feel like I need to try to be able to do, you know. Right. Uh, and I don't, as far as, just quitting the road and everything i mean i don't see a point really in doing that you know as long as i can take the traveling and stuff like that but it it doesn't necessarily worry me but you know i i do see how i need to exercise more and and uh eat better and you know i'm diabetic so that's a a bitch right there. And, uh, so, you know, that's, that's something that, that I really have to think about. So do you, do you find yourself living better that way, taking better care of yourself right now? Are you staying consistent with that because of the diabetes and, 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 you know, your desire to want to follow a bird dog into your eighties and still rock a crowd? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I mean, I don't always, as far as eating, I mean, I, I like to eat, but, uh, I mean, I can, I weigh 10 pounds less than I did when I graduated from high school. And I wasn't fat either, you know, and, uh, but, uh, I'm, Hope that I'm taking good enough care of myself, but I don't. I don't know. I ain't drinking, you know, which is a big another thing I screwed up. What do you mean screwed up? D- doing too much of it at one time? Yeah, yeah. So you're not yeah, even I drinking. Took a good, took a good thing and screwed it all up. You know, to where I really don't need to be done. You know, I I don't like talking a lot of personal shit but it happened so do you uh do you um find that it's it's something that you it's no problem anymore like at this point in your life you don't need it as much as you ever did or is it is it do you still want it once in a while i want it every day you know but uh I just walked out of doc, doctor's office one day and I was done, you know. With beer and everything? Yeah. Yeah, I keep thinking, man, maybe I can drink a few beers. You know, it ain't right, you know. It ain't, it ain't right to live without beer, but I don't. You know, I think I'm fixing to drink beer, and but then I don't, you know. I don't need it. I mean, I walk, drive by the liquor store, drive 
walk down the beer aisle that don't phase me. Well, that's good. That's good. I I want to. I just was asking the question because you sit. You you seem to me like you live such a simple life that that is. You know, everything's just part of it. But I'm glad to hear that you do look at things like taking care of better. You know, better care of yourself, like we all do. Um, because it just seems to me that that the music lifestyle, the touring, the party life, it, it, there's, you know, it's, it's one night after the next and you might get a couple down nights, Monday and Tuesday, then you're right back on the road Wednesday, probably to get to a Thursday show, then all through the weekend. And it just catches up with you. And I see it in my life with everywhere I visit and all of the opportunities out there that the discipline has to be there. And it's so hard to be disciplined. It's just part of it, you know, and you always have an excuse to, to do it, have a beer, have a Jack Daniels, you know, smoke a cigarette, whatever it is. It's just like, there was always a reason. It seems like there still is always a reason to do it. And that we, that we're like conditioned that we need it when in reality, you could probably get by without it. But a lot of us have that mindset that, Hey, life is just more fun with it, you know? And I think that when, when you start talking about substances like that, it's just a, an ongoing question in my mind. Like, do I really need it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I don't know, but it's, it's better in a lot of ways. And, you know, it's just, it was a good part of life. You know, it's one of the good things in life to me. I mean, there's people who's never touched a drop of alcohol, and I always was envious of them, you know. Or there are people that just didn't drink, and now I'm envious of people that do drink. <laughs> it's, it's come full circle, huh? Yeah, right. Well, let me ask you this. When you, when you were around somebody that did not drink, did you find a hard time trusting them? <laughs> That's how I've always thought is like, can you trust somebody that doesn't drink? You hear that a lot. I don't know if you ever heard that or ever thought that. Well, I probably have thought that. Yeah. Yeah. I've always, I've always questioned it. Like, can I trust this person if they don't drink a beer with me? Yeah. So are you fired up as heck for the time of year right now? Is this your favorite time of the year? There's, there's a band out there called steel woods. Um, they lost one of their members two years ago, Rowdy. That was you. Do you remember, do you know those guys? Steelwoods, Rowdy. I, I, I think they. Uh, I've run into those guys, and I think my road manager knows. Yeah, they're good. I'm they not got. Sure, but. They have a song called "Better in the Fall." Um, that I listen to a lot. Is this your favorite time of year from here through the winter? I like this time of year a lot, you know, as long as the weather's good. I ain't a big fan of cold weather, but, you know, I still get out, get out in it, you know, uh, force myself to, but, you know, it, it depends on the weather. I mean, I love summer as long as it's not 95 degrees and humid as heck, you know. Uh, I like spring, and I like winter, too. Uh, but coming into fall, it's like when the air, when, when the humidity stops and the leaves start changing, and just like, you know, right now. 
you know, it's real pretty. It ain't, it's not, the leaves aren't even fully changed yet, but it's still real pretty around here. You know, I like this time of year. Wind's blowing, been blowing like crazy. Don't care for that, but, uh, but it, it is a good time of year. Would you ever leave Kentucky, Chris Knight? Uh, no, I probably would. Not that I haven't thought about, you know, you know, I was in Montana. <laughs> and I oh. thought, man, if I could just come out here and live for two or three months in the early part of, you know, before snow gets, you know, waist deep, you know, do a little hunting and stuff, that'd be great just to have a place to come out here and stay. But, you know, just stuff like that, you know, I, I don't. I, I would never leave Kentucky, probably. Yeah, I love Kentucky. I like hunting t- Kentucky a lot. I've hunted a lot of turkeys there, Canada geese. Kentucky's land area is 100,000. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. She's trying to tell yeah. me facts about Kentucky. I need I need that information. But um, do you uh, – I know that we, we, we got – a little bit of time left, but talk to me a little bit about, we just touched on it, your diet. Um, how often do you eat wild game on a weekly basis? If I'm home, I, I eat wild game uh, at least three or four, sometimes six, seven nights a week, you know. If I got it and, and think to get it out, get it, I mean, I might take a break waiting for something to fall out, you know, get something out. And, and I'm not, I might eat a, a hamburger or something, you know, without the bread. You're staying away you from know. the carbs because of the sugars yeah. and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had a piece of bread in six months, probably. Are you and, getting uh, good results from that? Well, yeah, it's better. Uh, I don't miss it. I don't miss bread, but you know, a lot of times I make up what I'm not getting from bread with something else that I shouldn't be eating. You know, it's hard to hard to do. You know, just to eat. And I've, you know, I've gone for a long a while there. You know, basically eating nothing but meat, and then that's hard to do. So. Got to add a little bit of something in there. Do you get a good response from your body eating a lot of wild game? In your opinion? Yeah, yeah. Me too. I I feel I feel better, you know. And I mean, I've it, like I said, it's different, but it's it's better in some ways and not not better in other ways. But all in all, you know, I think pretty good idea to lay off carbs but i ain't no nutritionist or anything yeah i get a good response a low starch if i get my carbs and vegetables but if you stay away from the breads some potatoes are okay pasta once in a while and i'm a huge raw fish sushi fan so i get caught if i got to discipline myself to stay away from the sushi bar because i do like it with the rice also so um yeah. yeah i get a much better response we eat wild game 
probably as much as you do, probably at least five days a week when we're home, we'll cook lunch for the crew and have it for dinner every night, whether it's salmon or halibut or venison or duck or goose, whatever. But I get a great response from it. A lot yeah. better than eating any, any of the, the meats you buy in a store. Yeah. Man, yeah, I appreciate it. I want to, I want to, I want to make sure that we continue these conversations just because I love the Chris Knight story. I want to, next time we come on, I hadn't talked to you since February and we were together in Nashville, but I do want to talk before we end today. I do want to bring back, you know, the album real quick from 2006 called enough rope. Um, the songs on this album I don't know how I don't I, I could never say what is the best Chris Knight album because they're all so dang good and I truly mean that. But we've talked about the song Enough Rope and the understanding about it and about the responses that you've gotten from people in the audience. Um I want to go back to that for a second because of how much that song means to me. Is it is it to end the conversation, Chris Knight, I want to talk about again the song enough rope is it up to the listener to take out what he or she gets out of this song or did you have a goal in mind with these lyrics what is this song about in chris knight's opinion because i'm i'm still up in the air every time i hear it about it has nothing to do with suicide but what does it mean to have enough rope or not to have enough rope and what does this song mean to you well, uh, I mean, I've noticed that, and I, I mean, I don't, I ain't holding nothing against nobody, I ain't saying nothing specific about anybody, but it sometimes seems, seems to me that people go, some people go out of their way to screw their lives up. You know, it just it hinges on one decision, you know, and a lot of times. And that's basically what I was talking about, you know. Uh, and it ain't, it ain't not, it ain't necessarily hard not, let's see, it's not hard to screw your life up, but you got to know what's going to screw your life up, you know, and what, what does it. And, you know, this guy, you know, he just, he ain't chasing nothing. He's just, he's living his life and loving his wife and family, doing the best he can. And he knows, he knows, you know, what'll happen, you know, and he's got, he's got, things he doesn't want to lose you know and that's that's kind of what it what it means to me it's like I mean it's just like a uh, one of the things that that's right you know you can't take away from that that's you know, you can say, oh, that guy's born or he's this, that. Well, I tell you what, he ain't in jail. He ain't, he's got good, makes good living. He's, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's getting, 
he's getting his life done, you know, in a good way. You know, basically. He ain't perfect, but I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And I ain't, I don't, I just assume people would understand that song. And I think it was about suicide. I know, and that's, it's crazy that a lot of people do. Yeah, I, I don't. It's like you hear, I've heard it all my life, give him enough rope and he'll hang himself. Let him keep talking. You know, let let him keep, you know, you keep talking and you talk yourself into a corner. You know what I mean? About things like keep talking and then the, the truth will be revealed, you know. Um, so you're saying though that if you don't keep talking and you just stick to yourself and you stay, I just walk the line wherever it goes. That you're saying that hey, if I don't give myself enough rope, if somebody else doesn't give me enough rope, and I just stay in my lane and focus on my babies and kiss them goodnight when they go to sleep and see my wife, then everything's fine. I'm not even going to have the ability to mess things up. Right. Yeah, that's basically basically what it is but you know know that there was a simpler way to say that chris that's why your lyrics are so unbelievable is that it's like you gotta think like it's a thinking man's game to get this song in my opinion because a lot of people when they first hear it they're thinking that the guy is depressed because he doesn't have that much of sitting at that bar and drinking and and just has this you know okay job and and all this but really he's bragging on himself that this is me and I'm glad that I don't have any more rope. Yeah. God, I love that. I freaking love that. Can we go out of this with that song, Chris? Can I play that going out of this podcast? Because that is one of my top Chris Knight songs of all time. Um, I absolutely love it. And I appreciate you being back on the show. And I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me. and uh, Good talking to you. Always, always good talking to you, Chris Knight. You are a legend. I know how humble you are, but you're a huge inspiration influence to so many artists. And I listen to your music every single day of my life. Um, And I've been listening to it for a long time, like I've told the audience several times. So that's the great Chris Knight. I appreciate you, Chris. You have a great day. And I uh, hope to see you this fall. And I'll be in touch about that February event. That'd be great. I appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Talk to you soon, bro. All right, we'll see. Bye. That's Chris Knight, living legend, Kentucky. Get his music in your ears. He's an amazing human being, amazing individual, honest as they come through his lyrics and his stories, his testimonials, his confessions. I love his music. I love his career. I hope you all enjoyed that. This Life Ain't For Everybody brought to you by the one and only Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey, Jack Daniels. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Just had an unbelievable experience down in Lynchburg, Tennessee for the 2022 Jack, the World Invitational Barbecue. I was asked to be a judge. What an amazing experience. Got to hang out with so many of my friends from Jack Daniels, Tommy and Greg and Casey and his family and Kevin the Barrel Man and Lexi and Josh and Diane. And there's so many of them. Bill. That, that takes such good care of us up there. Possum, Roger. I know I'm going to miss a bunch of them. 
Will. Um, just an amazing family to be a part of. And you go to Lynchburg and you see the passion and the love and the, the manners and how the people treat each other down there and the respect. And just it's unbelievable kinship. I'm so proud of it. I, I don't take it for granted at all. And um, just be safe with it. Moderation. Enjoy it. But enjoy it responsibly. Check out the new Bonded, the new Triple Mash. The, if you're ever down in Lynchburg, you got to try the two new Rye selections that Josh Phillips and his lovely wife, the assistant master distiller, Lexi Phillips, just came out with his and hers. They're awesome. We had a great time. Thank you, Jack Daniels, for everything you do for our brands. I hope you all enjoyed that episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. The great Chris Knight will be back with more Chris Knight. But in the meantime, here's Enough Rope by the man himself, Chris Knight, off the 2006 album, Enough Rope. Thank you all for being here. My boss man is man. I do just what he asks. I'm old courthouse long white prisoners walking past I'm happy to be working instead of wearing chains like my cousin Willie he's locked up in the grain he's locked up in the grain but I'm I got dreams that will come true I got some that won't Most of the time I just walk the line Wherever it goes Cause you can't hang yourself If you ain't got enough rope Get on with my life